Hello, heroes and heroines, sidekicks and supervillains, and welcome back to yet another episode of Panel Pictures, a podcast about comics and comic book film. I'm your friendly neighborhood Zach, and as always, I can. <laughs> Why are you staring at me like that? Because I wanted you to break. I knew I could get it. Uh, God, and as always, I'm joined by the closest thing to Larflees that we'll get in this universe, or maybe a jackass, I don't know, Cody McKinney. Hello. Hi, Cody. So uh, I think before we get into the review for this episode, Cody, we should talk a few th- about a few things that have been revealed from San Diego Comic-Con and maybe our uh, our hopes and dreams and passions and dismair- despairs and all that stuff. Because last episode, Far From Home, we were reviewed that I think about a week after Far From Home came out. And so now we're sitting at the 27th of July. So Comic-Con has come and gone. It's been yeah. about a week. You know, there's, there's things like the, the MCU Phase 4 reveal... Warner Brothers was absent. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, see they, they, they weren't Warner over Brothers there. News. No, um, you know it's it's well, uh, I'm, Watchmen's a Warner Brothers property, so that's fair. But but uh, but they're not with. Uh, it's HBO producing it though. Yeah, isn't it? but I yeah. mean, like they they have to have something with Warner Media to use the characters. Fair, fair. Well, as far as I know, Warner Brothers wasn't in Hall H, which is where oh, they did yeah. all the all the previews and stuff like that. But anywho, so we've got Phase 4 coming out, and there's a, just a ton of stuff coming. A lot of it on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, like half of it on yeah. Disney+. Plus. And part of me is okay with that, because I'm pretty sure that will make Disney+, Plus worth having, right? But the other part of me is kind of concerned, because it is a lot of cool stuff that's coming out on Disney+. Plus. You've got your, your Cap'n Bucky, you've got... Uh, WandaVision, Loki, and really, really cool is an animated What If series. And I don't know if you've read any of the What If comics. I have not. They're really, really neat. Uh, Some of the older ones are really cool. Uh, So, for instance, like, you know, uh, Wolverine and Hulk, when they met each other in Hulk 181, uh, they met and they fought, right? And uh, they did a What If comic if what if Wolverine had killed, or excuse me, what if Hulk had killed Wolverine rather? Ooh. And uh, so you, you know you go down that watch that down that line, and every issue it's a watcher, right? One of the watchers from Marvel's universe, and yeah. he gives you a fictitious, a fictitious like he's like, what if this had happened instead? So there's one that's like, what if Spider-Man had become the Punisher, um, which was really really neat. Instead of you know taking up responsibility and. And power and all that stuff. Uh, Peter Parker takes up vengeance instead, and he has like guns attached to his web slingers, oh, and he's got like um, that's really a black. He's got like a black skull, uh, you know, on his Spider-Man uniform and everything. And what's really interesting is Frank Castle actually finds he he decides to throw away the uniform, and Frank Castle finds it in the the garbage can and gets the idea to become the Punisher after that. Oh, wow. Uh, which was really cool. Um, there's a lot of really cool what-if stories, though, right? And so they're doing an animated what-if series. And what's really neat is if you zoom in on the logo for what-if, there's, like, Marvel zombies. There's um, a bunch of different renditions of all the different heroes and everything. And all the characters in that, as far as I know, are going to be voiced by their MCU counterparts. Oh, so we're going to have So Chris... we're not going to have, like, weird-sounding people like the, the Avengers game. <laughs> yeah, well, man, I that Avengers game... You know, they, they leaked footage of it out at Comic-Con. Yeah. And I understand it's like in alpha, beta, whatever. Probably beta by the Probably point. beta. And, you know, it, it, it looks it looks to me like a fun comic book time. Um, it did look a little stale because all the guards just stood there while the players, whoever was doing the demo, just beat up on the guards and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, those voice actors are very talented, and I think people need to 
kind of cull their expectations a little bit because if if you just make a carbon copy of the MCU into a video game, it's going to be kind of stale, right? Because we know what happens, we know how the characters act, and it's going to be a lesser rendition of what we saw in theaters, right? I would rather have a different version of the Avengers. You know, that's that's I I always prefer different versions in different pieces and different universes and things like that. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, hell, you look at Spider-Man on PS4, right? That's not voiced by Tobey Maguire or Tom Holland or anything like that. It's Yuri Lowenthal uh, doing Spider-Man. Well, I think the problem with this more than anything else is it's bad timing. I think they should have waited about a year to announce, like, instead of this year's E3, we should have got it next year's E3. And the only reason I say that is because we just got through in game and like everybody's got like that Avengers universe in their head. And I think that's why people were a little bit turned off by this because you know, it's, it's like seeing weird doppelgangers of people you already know. Fair. I mean, people are like, Oh, these look like the stunt actors for, for the, the, the actors and everything like that. And I'm sitting here and I'm just like, just enjoy it. Like the comic books, some of them look like they're, they're MCU counterparts and others don't. You know, just just enjoy the differences. But I maybe you're right. Maybe the timing is off. But I think it was best to do it while the iron was hot and while Avengers hype is yeah, through the roof. I, well, that that was I'm sure that was their logic. Just yeah. being like, we just came off of the most giant thing ever. Let's drop this thing now. I mean, we beat Avatar finally. Yeah. So I mean, I I get from uh, another thing you forgot. Yes. I hate to to derail you no go you, for it go for you it. forgot this announcement uh hawkeye is yeah. getting a show oh that's and right like yeah. that's dumb why do you think that's dumb well first the logo is terrible it's <laughs> awful they got, had like a fifth grader design it bring it bring up that logo you're you're on the internet that's can, that's I from can, the comics though that's from the current comics looks bad. i don't okay i like, think the loki logo looks the the worst out of all of them i i, I think it's pretty rough too I but we, like when you compare it to that that Thor logo, like that's a good logo, like that. Fair. Like I could put that on a poster in my house. Oh, people and have I already have already made fan posters. Like I wouldn't yeah. be sad about that, but like I would like you know that that's how I always look at a logo. Like, yeah, yeah. If yeah. I could put it on a poster, just the logo by itself, yeah. and be happy with it, then that's a good logo. Okay. And I don't think I want those a good logo. But all right. Uh, but anyway, going through this. MCU though, uh, Phase Four MCU. We do. Let's list everything off really quick here. So, our, like I already said, we have Falcon, Winter Soldier. We have um, the What If. We have Loki, WandaVision, and Hawkeye. That's all going to be on Disney Plus. Yeah. What we have coming to theaters, we have Black Widow coming out May first, twenty twenty, which I heard some leaked audio for this morning. Uh, it's very interesting. Uh, we have Eternals coming out November sixth in twenty twenty. We have Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Is it Chi or Chai? Like Chi. Okay, Shang I've Chi. heard I've heard Chang Chai a bunch it since. Should be that's how you pronounce C H I Chi. Well, I in, know I, in ping. I know that, but I've heard a lot of people refer to it as Chai, so I just wanted to like. If people start saying Chai, I will, I will jump out. This you know, window. like Chai is C H A I. Yes. Yeah. Like, in in Chinese and Mandarin, at least, right? When you're in your pinging reading, that's C H I is Chi. Wait, so it wouldn't be Shang Chi. It w- so it would be Shang Chi yeah, in like, in Mandarin. But because we're Americans, okay. See, like that's what, like if we're gonna fuck up one word, why do we not fuck up both of them? It's no, that's a very good point. Actually, it's like the word um, karate, right? Instead Uh, of karate, yeah, we say yeah, we say karate in Japanese, but we say karate in English. So it's it's one of those things that we've kind of (laughs) whatever we're bastardizing today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Uh, but we have Shang-Chi, <laughs> Shang-Chi in February 12th, 2021. So that's going to be my birthday movie for that year. Oh, definitely. Um, we're going to you know check that out. Uh, we have Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness, May 7th, 2021. By uh, far the thing I'm most hyped about. It, uh, yeah, least. my wife too. And then we have Thor Love and Thunder, November 5th, 2021. And you thought I was crazy for wanting a female Thor, but as soon as that was announced, well, everyone's lost their shit. Well, like... The reason I thought you were crazy is because I didn't think that they would possibly get Natalie Portman to ever come back to the series. Fair. Like, but I guess when she was like, damn, y'all made a lot of money. <laughs> she... So wait, I get to dress up as a superhero and make a lot of money? Oh, I goofed. Yeah, and, and you got you got that dude with the cool name directing it too? Okay. Yeah, right. Um, it's crazy though. Overnight, I have both her, I have both, uh, Thor, you know, people call female Thor, but I, I say female Thor just so people understand which one I'm talking yeah. about, but she is just Thor. Um, uh, but I have female Thor's first actual appearance, appearance, excuse me, which is in a what if comic. It's what if number 10. And I bought that for 20 bucks and yeah. it has overnight gone to like a $50 book. Yeah. $60 to say, book. You, yeah. Doubled your investment. Uh, tripled. her mother. mother. first appearance, uh, which is like the actual storyline where, uh, it was serialized and it was a mystery for the longest time. No one knew it was Jane Foster. That was, uh, Thor. Uh, I have her first appearance that's gone from a $4, you know, $8 book to like 40 to $50 yeah. overnight. So it's crazy. I, I'm like, I'm sitting on a hundred dollars now. Just spending like $28. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, but that's the lineup from the MCU. Pretty exciting stuff. Uh, we have Watchmen coming out from HBO. Oh, wait. We also, we have confirmation on Blade. Like, oh, that's we know, right. Yeah. We, we have, know Blade is happening. We have confirmation on Blade. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. We and have Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four. Uh, we have Black Panther 2. Yeah. We have... Uh, there, Kevin Feige keeps talking about X-Men constantly. And so there's, I hate social media right now because every other article is like, what the MCU is going to do with X-Men? Yeah, like, well, like, it's going to be different. I mean, well, Kevin, Kevin Feige has a boner for like the entire universe. So yeah. like he just got a whole bunch of new toys and he wants to play with them. But like he's yeah. got to figure out a way to introduce those toys into an already existing continuity. Yeah. And... Like, probably Doctor Strange is going to be like, uh, there's a whole bunch of people now. Yeah. Yay. Like, you know, that literally could <laughs> I be I opened it. the portal and I can't close it, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah, like, literally just... <laughs> <laughs> like, the the spinny thing in the, in the sky says that there are mutants now. Yeah. Sorry. So like, that's, that's so... That's something we got to deal with. My bad. My bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that literally could be it. That, but, could, that um, could be it. That could be it. But, yeah, so th- we've got a lot of that to deal with. There hasn't been much other than Joker, Joaquin Phoenix Joker, and Suicide Squad 2 yeah, uh, well, that like, I've heard from DC, DC side. I think that they're in that, like, we're playing it. I think they're literally still in playing it safe mode. We're just, let's see how this next movie goes. Like, I think they're, just, they, like, every minute they're just like, let's see how this next movie goes. We might. I didn't hear anything about Wonder Woman. Uh, is it 84? I, yeah, I think it's 84. Yeah, and, Wonder Woman um, 84. I, don't, I didn't hear anything about that. The Robert Pattinson Batman. Nothing about that either. Nothing about that. So, and I don't know. Maybe they're waiting until next year, but. That that the thing is like even teasers would keep the hype going, you yeah. know. Uh, bless your hearts, like pe- people that are like diehard DC fans, and and I and I I play for both teams when it comes to Marvel DC, but you know people that are that are diehard DC fans uh, that prefer DC over Marvel, I, I feel bad for them because there's just not a lot of momentum to keep going. It's it's always in spurts, like small spurts. Yeah, I mean you'll you'll get like. 
a good movie every two years, and in between there, you probably will get an okay movie or a and a couple movie. of good animated movies in between. Yeah. Well, that's I really think that's their bread and butter at this point is their animated stuff and their TV stuff. Like their movies, Fair. yeah. Like all of their good creative people are working on all of that. Yeah, and then like Jeff Johns, who is a creative genius to a certain degree. Has just been sitting with these poor movies up until now when he's backed didn't off he, of them. Yeah, didn't he step down? Yeah, he stepped down. Yeah. But like he'd been sitting with these movies and he's had Zack Snyder locked in a closet, yeah. just like, I'm gonna drag you out and you're gonna make this movie, and by God, you're gonna make it good this time, or I'm putting you back in the closet. I think right. that's literally been their argument this that entire time. Probably has been. And it just hasn't worked. You know, DC's streaming stuff though has been pretty good. Um I'm about to start Titans here. I finished Doom Patrol. Jesus Christ, Doom Patrol. I know so you, good. you like it's so good, Cody. You've been ecstatic about that it's so good though like, like it's, it's what suicide squad should have been the it really time. is okay so like it's super raunchy <laughs> it's kind of grody Kinda makes sense um but the characters are so interesting they're very flawed they have a lot of interesting backstory and you literally don't know what's going to happen because there's like no rules yeah there's no rules to their universe so it makes it for a very interesting compelling and dynamic story that has just it, it you're you're on the bus and you might as well enjoy the ride, and 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 when and when you just kind of let go of all your preconceived notions about comic book stories and comic book heroes and things like that, how things tie into universes and whatnot, it's just a fun time. Yeah, I like they're almost the like I don't want to say the Deadpool of DC because that's a poor analogy, but like that's, that's Harley the, Quinn. <laughs> well, yeah, but you you know what I'm saying like yeah. I think that's the vibe that they want to go for with that is mm-hmm. that they're the like the wacky kooky thing, anything could happen. Like this is exciting yeah. show. Like you don't have to. It's not gonna get all dark, and you're gonna get bored. And like you have somebody's gonna say Martha. You have like yeah, oh God. You have you know donkeys with entire universes in their butts. You have sentient streets. You have um. They even took mineral plant dinosaur man from Doom Patrol and made him into a character. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. So I mean they they. Alan Tudyk does a fantastic job as a villain throughout the entire series. The way it ends is crazy. It's insane. Uh, and it, it ends very abruptly. The season ends up very abruptly. But I think that's because they wanted to end it somewhere where it was just funny. And they didn't know if they are going to have another season or not. But it's been renewed for another season. Swamp Thing, unfortunately, you know, it's been canceled. I don't know if they're ever going to bring it back. I haven't gotten around to watching it. And there's part of me that doesn't want to because I know there's not going to be any more past episode 10. Well, yeah. And then, like, you, you run into this whole thing of, like, the DC streaming service that exists possibly going away for, like, an entire Warner Brothers streaming service. Like, well, so far... What they've been able to ascertain is that's not going to happen, but HBO Max is going to take on some of their shows. So HBO Max is going to start streaming Doom, Pat- Doom Patrol. Yeah, okay, well, that And makes... Doom Patrol Season 2 is going to premiere both on DC and HBO Max. Yeah, I didn't know that. So, I mean, that's that's at least promising, I guess. Yeah, but, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if that's because HBO Max has to help keep DC up. I don't know. I mean, I don't... Well, and that just seems like they're playing nice because, like... You know, that that might just be a home for some DC stuff because yeah. they want to use Watchmen. Fair, fair. I just I just wish they were going more towards that live action stuff. Like Titans looks pretty good from what I've seen so far. They've got I think they've got a season two coming out for Titans. Uh you know, Young Justice got renewed for season four. 
there's a lot going on there, but the problem is, is that the stuff that could be really, really good, like Swamp Thing, uh, isn't it's not handled well. You're still seeing advertisements for Swamp Thing. It's like, check out the newest episodes. And everyone like comments on it like, why bother? This is canceled. Yeah, exactly. Like, why would we why would we want to invest in something that we will get no more of? Absolutely. Absolutely. Anyway, Cody, it's time to get to the main film for review today. Let's talk about Captain America, the first Avenger. This is in 2011, I believe, is when this movie premiered. Yeah, yep. this is... So, quick synopsis for those of you that know. Steve Rogers is a kid from Brooklyn. He uh, is small and puny, and he can do he could, he could do it all day. <laughs> he's, he's a small boy who he's can do it boy. all day. But uh, he keeps trying to fake his enlistment during World War II and eventually gets into a super soldier program and gets selected, gets a super serum, becomes what is known as Captain America, and has to fight a villain known as the Red Skull for you know, safety of the world, essentially. And we get to see Chris Evans really break out, uh, even though this is his sixth comic book role to this date. Uh, this is this is Chris Evans' rise to fame. We get to see um, Haley Atwell as well, who's playing Peggy Carter, uh, start making an appearance, uh, more and more appearances, I should say. Uh, we, we've got Tommy Lee Jones as uh, Chester Phillips, and I love him. Yeah, I love I mean, him to death. He's, he, a, he's a gem. He's a fantastic like addition to this cast yes. more than anything else. Like he he just plays a drill sergeant so well. Yep. He or, does. Well, I mean, I guess drill sergeant He's a colonel. Yeah, I yeah, I yeah. That's I guess drill sergeant would be a, almost a pejorative term when it comes to, to that because like I didn't actually know what his rank was. Yeah. Even though I think you literally just said it. Yeah, he's colonel. So uh and then we have Hugo Weaving as uh Johann Schmidt slash the oh. Red Skull. And what's really cool about this movie is that you get two characters for the price of one. You get Johann Schmidt, yeah. and then you get the Red Skull as well. Uh, and Hugo Weaving just did an amazing job. Uh, we have Sebastian Stan as Bucky slash, uh, uh, you know, the Winter Soldier. But Which I have way more of an appreciation for now yes. than I did when this movie first came out. Yeah. Because of, I mean, they've given him some character development. It's not really been a lot of character development. Like, if I were going to, if you wanted to say to me, like, which MCU character do you care least about? It'd probably be Bucky. Like, I don't really care about him at all. That's like, fair. They, and they've given me no reason to. Uh, well, I think maybe if you rewatch Winter Soldier and Civil War, you might have more of an appreciation for him. Um, this movie, I really liked him a lot. But even though he only has maybe 20 minutes of screen time. Po- possibly. I mean, it's it's mostly just... The bit where they're hanging out in New York, and then the bit where he dies, and that's about it. Well, the, where, the bit where he rescues him, they talk in the bar. There's a lot of scenes, but in between all that. But like, you know, it's it's spotty. You know what I'm saying? Like, fair, fair. Um, but yeah, so we have Sebastian Stan as Bucky. We have uh, we also have the Howling Commandos, which I did a little bit more research into this time around. You know, th- these guys are these guys are in this uh, comic called Sergeant Fury and the Howling Commandos. It takes place during World War II. You've got uh, Neil McDonough, I forget how to pronounce his last name. Um, the guy who plays Dum Dum, the guy with the big mustache and the shotgun all the time, and he's like, "Hey, buddy, I'm gonna do a stick of my own one of these days." I gotta see how it's spelled. <laughs> it's like uh, Mick, and then D O N O U G H. Neil McDonough, McDonough, McDonough. Neil play, <laughs> plays Dum Dum Dungan. He plays Dum Dum Dungan. Um, Timothy Dum Dum Duggan, rather, you know, who was a circus strongman that joined up during World War II. You've got Derek Luke as Gabe Jones, who was this guy. He was. It was really interesting. Uh, Gabe Jones was a member of of the Helen Commandos, and 
Stan wrote him as a black character, and the printing presses thought it was a mistake and decided to print him as white. And then eventually, of course, that was corrected. But he's always playing this trumpet uh, out in the fields of World War II. You've got uh, Stanley Tucci as Abraham Erskine, who is a Erskine, Erskine, Erskine. I know, like uh, I can't. I only think can think of the Stanley Tucci bit whenever I hear his name. Now it's ruined my entire brain. Okay, uh, but Stanley Tucci is the uh, the German so- scientist who makes the super soldier serum. Um, you have Kenneth Choi as Jim Morita, who's a Japanese-American member of the Howling Commandos, uh, who's a really interesting character. And yeah, there's just a lot of really, there's a lot of neat characters in this film. I enjoy them a lot. The Howling Commandos, I actually did a little bit more research into this time around because they were a char- they were a part of this film that I didn't really have much of an interest for when I first saw this film. Uh, and speaking of, I wanted to ask you, so you said this was your second time watching this, right? Correct. Okay, so you watched it like once on television and then once to review this. Correct. Okay, so this actually is one of those films I've watched a many a time because I worked at a comic book store when it came out. Yeah. And it was not quite as much as Guardians of the Galaxy, but this is my 33rd time watching Captain America, oh, the Lord. first Avenger. And unlike Guardians of the Galaxy, I don't have this film entirely memorized, thank God. And I also... I love this movie. Every time I watch it, uh, there's there's something there's a little something for me to notice. The way they've they've done the set or a character, I don't know. It, it's just really really cool. But let's just jump in here. So we've got you know this this it's World War II. It's New York. Chris Evans is playing Steve Rogers. He's trying to get into the military. He's faked his you know name like five different times. He keeps getting denied. Uh, they're like, you know, man, a lot of people dying over there. It makes you kind of think twice about signing up, right? And immediately Steve Rogers is like, nope. And he just walks up there. You know, they look through his list of illnesses and the doc's like, uh, you're, you know, disqualified on the asthma alone. And he's like, come on, let me try. And he's like, nope. And then just, you know, denies him. It's like, you're so bad, we won't let you be cannon fodder. Yeah. Uh, we go to the movie theater. Steve is, like, watching a movie, I guess, to blow off some steam and relax. And, you know, they were playing those news segments before the films back in those days. And so we see, like, World War II footage. And this was a moment that I really enjoyed. It was, everyone was very solemn. And some people were crying and uncomfortable uh, seeing the footage of what was going on in World War II. And that's something that we don't really see anymore. I think we're all a little desensitized to the the violence and the grief going around in the world. Like, we see it in the news every day, and so we're just kind of numb to it, I would argue. Well, I mean, you got to think, this is an era where people don't have moving pictures in their homes. No, but what I'm saying is, like, the idea of... All that violence and everything. Oh, yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but what, I, what I'm, more, more of the, the argument I'm making is, like, even if you hear about violence in the 40s or the late 30s, you're only hearing it through a radio. Fair. Like, or a grainy black and white image that okay. you can't really... Okay, so you're not even, seeing it in as high detail. Yeah, I mean, like, for us, like, I ain't crap, you can, you can see some very terrible things just watching like just regular type it into news. youtube yeah yeah i mean so yeah. i think the uh i think the first time like just from a historical standpoint that you kind of get that like true horror of like modern day violence is around the vietnam era that's when you get like color and people like actually see how bad war is and i think that's why the vietnam war is the one that became the first like Let's protest this thing that we probably shouldn't be doing, like yeah. war, versus like, and World War Two falls into a propaganda era of like fair, yeah, you know, like exceptionalism. You're, you're doing this for your country, we're the best in the world. Like, let's get out there and let's beat those Nazis. You yeah, know, like 
it doesn't it doesn't work on us anymore. Yeah, that's true. You, you couldn't put out that type of like no, I don't think we rhetoric can. now without people fighting back or yeah. pushing back to it. That's true. That's fair. Um, but anyway, so there's a guy in the theater and he's like, who cares? And he's like, just play the cartoon already, you yeah. know? And Steve is like, do you want to show some respect? That, that's me in the back of the theater. Just like, I don't care. Cody, that's awful. <laughs> that's awful. Don't say that. But anyway, so Steve is asking him to show some respect and the guy is like, you know, what are you going to do? And then, you know, starts shoving him in the alleyway there. And of course, Steve pulls up a trash can lint as a shield and tries to fight the guy off. And he's like, I could do this all day. And of course, gets the crap kicked out of him. Yeah. Then uh, Bucky shows up out of nowhere in a fresh military uniform, uh, you know, socks the dude, kicks him in the butt, kicks him on his way. You know, Steve's like, I had him on the ropes. And he's like, yeah, sure you did. Uh, and he's like, come on, man, we're, I, I got us a date. We're going to the Stark. <laughs> we're yeah, going to the I, Stark World of Tomorrow Fair or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I believe that's the name, actually. And uh, so anyway, they go and this scene still holds up. I watched how they filmed it. You know, it is a massive green screen type deal. But the the effects and everything, like the the tram going through the sky and the fireworks, that it's got it's definitely got that Disney feel. Yeah. And this is before Disney bought the rights to do all the Marvel films. This is actually the last Paramount Pictures uh, Marvel film because after this, Disney bought the rights for Avengers and Iron Man three. You know, we're moving along and and they're they're trying to Bucky's trying to get him to they're going on a double date and he's like you know trying to get Steve to to like this girl and and you know dance with her and everything but they see Howard Stark up there Tony Stark's dad and of course he's all like he's like oh check it out guys I've got a floating car and I can kiss a dame here on stage and no one cares well, see yeah. that's the weird thing though even even with this movie they've always almost portrayed Howard Stark in like a military equivalent to Walt Disney, which is weird, mm-hmm. especially like once Disney owned it, like he became like, like he did. Yeah. That Stark Expo thing looks like Epcot. Like it's, well, that was, yeah, that was part of the idea too. Yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, so he's, he, I mean, that is a fair way to put him as a military Walt Disney. Like, especially when you see like old footage of him yeah. in the Iron Man movies, cause it looks like old footage of Walt Disney. <laughs> like it's, it's strikingly similar. That's, anyway. that's very true. That's very true. He gets less Walt Disney like in the agent Carter series, actually the agent Carter TV series, which I've seen none of. Um, like, the they, first season's really good. The second season's terrible. They will, they've, they humanize him a little bit more. They do. They do. Him and Jarvis are quite hilarious. Uh, I find them quite funny, but anyway, so, you know, the, the, there's a little scene here though. They're watching the car hovering and Steve is like not talking to the girl at all that he's supposed to be talking to, to, you know, everything. And he tries to offer her some peanuts from behind and she just kind of looks down at the bag of peanuts and looks up at him and looks kind of like, why? Like, why are you doing this right now? And then looks back. And then Rogers kind of looks back at the bag of peanuts. And he's like, mm, well, he's just like eating them anyway. That made me crack up. Like that little bit of subtle acting. I thought that was really funny. Like, it's it's that delightful, like young boy awkward where you're just like, I don't really know what I'm supposed to be doing here. Right. So you want a snack? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and there is a reference in here that I didn't catch, actually, that I thought was really neat. So during this expo, right, there's a, a man in a red tube uh, and he's like the android of tomorrow or whatever and this is actually a reference to one of marvel comics's very first characters so before marvel comics was marvel comics they were timely comics back in 1931 i believe uh, and then i think they became marvel around 1939 something in that ballpark and the the like with the very first comic that marvel published was the human torch and namor and the human torch was an android that was put in a tube and once they released some oxygen in the tube, he would catch fire and he'd become the human torch. Really? Okay. Well, I mm-hmm. guess that's a, that's a nod to Chris Evans being the, well, it's, it's, it's a double nod, I guess, maybe. Kind of, sort of, yeah. It's, so it's a, it's a nod to his Fantastic Four version of the human yeah. torch, right? But it's also a nod to the very first, you know, uh, Marvel comic character. 
or one of the two, rather. Yeah. Him and Namor. But anyway, so uh, we move along, and Rogers realizes that there's an army enlistment there at the expo, and he's and he he goes to this little mirror. There's like a soldier face, and when you step on it, it lights up, right? And he's too short for him to like get in the face of the mirror, which is a really cool scene. It's a very powerful scene. Um, Bucky, of course, is like, what are you doing, man? Like, I, you, you can't be enlisting here. Uh, they're they're going to arrest you or then worse, they'll take you, uh, you know, if, if you get signed up here. And, and Steve is like, man, just let me do this. Let me try. And while this is going on, um, Abraham Eskine, I always forget how to pronounce his last name, Eskine or Eskine, the German scientist who makes the super soldier serum, he's watching uh, from the distance there. And he's watching uh, Bucky and, and Steve talk. And Bucky eventually you know, hugs him and he's like, don't do anything stupid. And Steve's like, how can I? You're taking all the stupid with you. And they separate, you know. And then from there, Steve en- tries to enlist one more time. And that's when a- the doctor has like a nurse whisper something in his ear and he's like, stay here. And Steve's like, is there a problem? And he's like, stay here. And just leaves. And Steve like looks and there's a sign behind him. It's like, it's illegal to falsify your enlistment information. He's like, oh God, no. putting his shoes on. <laughs> and then uh, a military policeman comes in and just like stares him down. And he's like, he can't go anywhere, right? And that's when uh, Abraham comes in and he's like, so you want to go and kill some Nazis? <laughs> and they have this really interesting conversation about, you know, what makes a man and, and heart and everything. And then he asks him, he says, you know, you didn't answer my first question. Do you want to kill Nazis? And, you know, Steve is like, is this a test? And he's like, yes. And he goes, well, I don't want to kill anyone. I just don't like bullies. I don't care where they're from. And then he goes, hmm, okay. And then he just approves him to sign up. He says, I'll give you a chance. What do you think that the skinny Chris Evans is a visual effect? I know that's... It is. So they had to do each scene with skinny Chris Evans four times. Okay, see, because, like, the whole... Like, it's... it. That was one of the things that doesn't hold up as well for me really? in the movie. I think it looks just fine. Like, cause well, the whole well, I think it's because we've seen like really jacked Chris Evans <laughs> for like eight years. Ever. So like, it just looks it looks like a his head on a different body to me, and it's it weirded me out for Fair. most until he becomes Captain America. So so they actually so they they filmed this four different ways. Uh, every scene involving Skinny Chris. So what they did was they did Chris Evans in his normal body. They did uh, scenes without. They did the entire scene without Chris Evans there. They did, I think, Chris Evans with some sort of green screen behind him, and then they did the body double uh, with a green mask on. Uh, and so, the, all, through all four of those different takes, they would put the footage together to create skinny Chris Evans. That sounds really complicated. Well, if you think about it, there's not too many scenes with him being skinny there. True. Like, there, there's maybe like. 10 minutes worth of screen time where he is a skinny It's about boy. 15, 20 before he becomes buff. But there, there's a lot of stuff in between all that that's not focused on Steve Rogers. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so Steve gets enlisted into the military, and that's when we get introduced to Agent Peggy Carter. And uh, immediately, you know, she's like, you know, line up. And jackass soldier, I always forget his stupid-ass name. And he's all like, what's with the British accent? I thought I was signed up with the U.S. Army. <laughs> and then she's like, step forward. <laughs> and then he's like, you're going to show me some moves because I know I got something you're going to like. And then she just punches him square in the face. And that's when uh, Tommy Lee Jones' character comes up out of the Jeep. And he's like, ah, Agent Carter, I see that you're uh, getting the boys broken in. And he's like, stay in line, soldier, and don't move until someone tells you to. <laughs> gets back up there. And then, of course, you know, he's like, uh, wars are won with men, and we have the best men. 
or they're going to get there eventually. <laughs> and he looks at Steve Rogers and he's just like so noticeably shorter. Uh, so then, of course, we have the training montage. Rogers is like having a tough time with the rope and like he's out of breath. He's like, out of breath oh, all the time. Like, I, I sympathize with him so much because it remind, that reminds me of like wellness class in high school. Right. We're all just like, uh, <laughs> just dying. <laughs> I, did, I never time. really hated Jim too much up until high school because high school Jim was bullshit. We would just walk in and he'd be like, uh, it's a walking day walk around the gym and do some laps so you would just walk laps around the gym and the majority of the girls that didn't want to do anything would just sit on the bleachers yeah and they got credit too and i'm like why do i have to walk if they get to sit you know and then like occasionally we'd walk in and he'd be like uh we're lifting today and i'd be like okay and so we'd lift and then he'd be like uh we're doing tennis today we'd go out and do tennis you know uh, dodgeball right? no we never got to do dodgeball in dodge high school ball. no oh. it was stopped at middle school Crap, we got dodgeball we had to like, do fucking wiffle ball i fucking hate wiffle ball like my favorite though was we didn't have uh we didn't have the big like Tung, like oh, yeah. those dodgeball. Like yeah. that's the only the big red ones that make that noise. Yes, uh, I love those. But um, <laughs> we didn't have them at the high school for some odd reason. So um, you had what? We had the li- like the multicolored ones that were about what? the size of a cantaloupe. Okay, like and the foam ones. Yeah, they were made of foam. Oh man, I hate those. Well, like we had some like gorillas that could yes. like launch them a thousand miles per hour. Yes. But the weirdest thing was when we'd play kickball, we had to use those two. Those are terrible for kickball. What's wrong it with- was really funny because like nobody could ever kick one, but like the one time someone connect, it would go to the other end of the Jesus, gym. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That was a weird tangent. I apologize. No, that's fine. That's fine. It's a way for our listeners to get to know us a little bit better. <laughs> anyway, uh, we, we get through the whole training montage and there's a, a oh, oh, we, we haven't talked about Red Skull that much yet. So, Red Skull, uh, he invades a a Norse village in the beginning of the movie. Yeah, to get the Tesseract. And that's the same Norse village in uh, the movie Thor, uh, the beginning of that. Uh, He he finds the Tesseract. I love how when he uncovers the the grave of that Norse warrior and he picks it up, he's like, the Tesseract is like the most important thing ever. And he goes, you do not bury it. And he drops the fake one and breaks it, you know. And then he sees the carving of Yggdrasil and he pushes the fish eye and pulls it out. And there it's hidden in like a huge wood carving, that kind of thing. You know, uh, 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 Hugo Weaving does an amazing job as, as this character. And props to him for wearing that crazy prosthetic it took them three hours and it was separated into seven pieces for him to be red skull and it, it looks good too it like, does it does it's way better than if they had made him just one giant visual effect well it's part visual effect yeah it is but like i mean, you get what i'm saying like, yeah you can yeah, tell yeah. part of that is a real like face yes. same with vision absolutely like so his nose they made a, a, a the tip of his nose black and then they put four green dots around his nose and then they were able to edit that into you know uh, CGI. And then like his cheekbones were edited, his like jawline was made a little bit more square, and things like that. It was very interesting to watch. Like the commentary and the extras on the Blu-ray was really cool. Like I flipped through a couple of those last night. But anyway, so he's been going through this, and then we also have Doctor Zola, which is kind of like his little right hand man. And there's some really interesting foreshadowing in this movie. I don't know if you picked up on that. So if you remember in Captain America: Winter Soldier, when Cap goes into that bunker yeah, and Doctor Zola is the, the computer, right? Yeah. Dr. Zola's in a big computer screen uh, that's magnified at the beginning of this movie there because they pan around and you see Dr. Zola's face on a screen. I didn't even really think about it, to be honest. Yeah. It just kind of went over my head. It's it's like a big TV screen that his his face is on. And I was like, oh, damn. The biggest callback for me in this one that I remember was 
like the but like what Bucky said to him, where like you're taking all or well, yeah, but reversed, like, right? Because he said you're taking all the stupid, but then he goes back in time, yeah, uh, in Endgame. But spoilers, uh, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> but anyway, so so Red Skull has been like weaponizing the Tesseract, and he's basically come up with like this super energy slash super laser. Uh, and of course, he's like, we're gonna just win the whole damn war and then take over the world. Uh, but we go back to Cap at basic, and uh, the flag scene I wanted to talk about because I liked this a whole lot. They're running. The drill sergeant there is like. First person to run up at the pole and get the dang flag gets to ride back with Agent Carter in the Jeep. And so they're all jumping up, and he's just like, it's been 27 years, and no one's gotten that flag, son. Motivation. Yeah. And uh, so then he's like, Rogers, get back in formation. And Steve Rogers kind of looks at him, and he pulls the pin out from the bottom of the, the flagpole, and it just falls over onto the ground. Picks up that flag, folds it, and hands it to the drill sergeant, and he just hops in the Jeep. Doesn't say anything. Yeah, like, And then they just drive off. And that was so... That's gold. That's fucking good is what that is. Well, I mean, that's that's why Cap is good because like he will solve the problem even if like he doesn't have to solve it the way that you think he's going right, to solve it. Right, right, right. Uh, and then after that, Tommy Lee Jones' character is talking to Abraham, the scientist, the German scientist, and he's like, I can't believe you let this guy in my program. You brought me a 90-pound asthmatic. I thought he'd be useful to you, like a guinea pig or a gerbil. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I can't have this guy be the candidate for the super soldier serum. And he's he's like... You know, let's go with this guy. Let's go with Jackass Soldier, the guy from Disney. <laughs> this guy's a perfect soldier. And he's like, yeah, but he's a bully. And he goes, well, you don't win wars with nice people. You win wars with heroism. And so he takes a training grenade and throws it in the middle of the them doing jumping jacks. And he's like, grenade. And of course, you know, Jackass Soldier runs behind a Jeep. But Steve Rogers jumps on top of it and he covers himself. And he's like, get back, get back. And then everyone's like, all right, false alarm. And that's when, you know, Tommy Lee Jones looks, his character looks at Abraham and he's just like, well, he's still skinny. Just walks off. <laughs> Those two scenes back to back, those do a, more character development, in, you know, in, in like three minutes than the majority of like the first half of this movie. I, I think those are really well shot. I think they're well written. And I, I just love those two little moments. Yeah, And like, I think that is a perfect example of why the Marvel movies are so good is because you get like just little scenes that make you care about these characters and make them like humanize these characters. And I think that's one of the things that. Like, if we're going to harp on DC a little bit more in this, as if we haven't already, like, the, they don't do well enough. Like, the only one, like, the only movie that I feel like that DC's done recently that really did that was Shazam, where, yep. you, where you got to feel the characters a little bit more. Yep. I, I, they definitely didn't do it in Aquaman. Like, there was never a point where I was just, like, I felt like, I really know, like, yeah. I, I, I completely blank on it. Aquaman's actual name. Arthur Curry? There we go, that's it. Yeah, I was th- I was thinking Adam Curry for some odd reason. I don't know why Adam was in my yeah. Movie. Same with Wonder Woman. Like, and Wonder Woman's a very similar movie to this movie. Now mm. that I've watched them, yeah, like more recently, you know, like because it had been like a seven year gap between yeah. this and Wonder Woman. But now that I've seen Wonder Woman recently and I've seen this now, like they feel like I don't want to say that DC like copied like a formula for the for their movie yeah. from this, but like you can almost hit really similar beats in the movies. It's, I mean, it, I, I think it's kind of hard not to though, because it's kind of hard not to pit normal here, like human heroes, like uh, Chris Pines, character versus the Helen commandos, you know, with wonder woman versus cap. Yeah. Sticking them in world war two. I think it's kind of hard not to, to well, copy I'm like, some of that. That's a weird thing. Cause it's world war one and wonder woman. Oh, uh, well, I mean, but you get what I'm saying though, yeah, is like, like putting them in a war. Yeah. But it's at the same time, it's 
it is nice that you can see a difference though because that is they do show two completely different wars mm-hmm. i mean like world war Two is a mobile war and you get a lot of mobility with with trains Tanks and motorcycles and yeah and everything else versus like wonder woman like shoulder checking people in trenches yeah yeah i just, i love i love that trench scene though in wonder woman i i really like wonder woman actually i, I think it's a really good movie but i we digress so Eventually, he's selected for the Super Soldier Serum. Uh, it's it's basically we have this big heart to heart between Abraham and Steve Rogers, and they're like, Abraham's like, you can't forget to be a man, a good man. That's at the end of the day, that's what's gonna make you the best soldier. And Steve kind of, you know, is like, okay. Agent Carter takes him to a secret warehouse in Brooklyn, hidden in an antique store. Uh, they have a weird code phrase, you know, it's like lovely weather today, and it's like yes, but I always carry an umbrella. <laughs> and then they, you know, go down in the secret lab. Tommy Lee Jones's character is trying to impress all these senators and stuff like that, and he's like, "See, we're gonna make him into a soldier." And someone's like, "Dear God, get that boy a sandwich or something <laughs> like that." And they put Chris Evans. They put Chris Evans. They put Steve Rogers in the. <laughs> <laughs> they put Steve Rogers in this capsule, and basically the idea is that they're going to inject him and all the major muscle groups with this serum, and then amplify it with like a, a mega wave or a radiation. Vita ray. A vita ray. That's what there it was. Yes, go. a vita ray. And uh, so they go through with it. There's a big to do about it. Chris, yeah, uh, Chris. Jesus Christ. <laughs> now I can't start calling him Chris. Well, it's the same way when we did Iron Man. I I always just. Like, right. Instead of saying Robert Downey Jr., I just said Tony Stark. Right. But uh, Steve Rogers eventually is like, no, I can take it. I can do it. And he pops out and he's super muscular and everything. Yeah. And Peggy he's Carter. He's a man. He's a man. <laughs> <laughs> he's, hey, hey, he's, he's, those pecs, you could put an eye out with them. Yeah. So, but anyway, it uh, turns out there's a Hydra agent going like in the midst of all this. And um, yeah, they're, they're trying to like copy the serum because it turns out Abraham at one point was helping uh, a Schmidt slash Red Skull with the serum, and that's what made him the Red Skull. He took the serum before it was ready, and it basically burned his skin off and made him the Red Skull. Yeah. And so Hydra is like, you know, gonna blow the place up and take the serum. So this Hydra agent blows the place up, shoots Abraham, takes a vial of the serum, and jets out of there. Steve holds Abraham in his arms, and and Abraham just does a little tap on his chest there, which is like a symbol of like be a good man. And yeah. then he passes away. Which I really, really like. Death scenes can be hit or miss with me when they have dialogue. Because when you're dying, you don't have a whole lot of time to talk, realistically. Yeah. And I know, again, you got to suspend your disbelief for stories and things like that, right? Which is why some of them can be hit when they're talking before they die, and others can be misses, right? And I really liked that because it was just very simple. It was very heartfelt, and he was just it was just super just pop, pop, just on his chest well, there. And th- this is very reminiscent of the, uh, the scene in the first Iron Man movie. Yeah, like, absolutely. After... The scientist, whose name I can never remember. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, dies, and Tony, like, you know, when they, you know, when they shoot into the cave. And, yeah. Like, yeah, and he says, my family's already dead. And, exactly. Yeah, don't yeah. waste I, these chance. Yeah. And I, that, that, it's almost a mirrored scene, because, you know, like, this whole saga is, is in a weird way, like, Tony and Steve's, it's their story. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of have to see it from conflicting viewpoints a lot yeah, of the time. Yeah, absolutely. We move along. Steve chases down this Hydra agent, somehow miraculously jumps into the water, uh, chasing him in a subway. Or uh, subway, Jesus, sorry. A submarine. <laughs> I'm a little hungry. A submarine. Uh, a submarine, no. But he chases this Hydra agent that's in a submarine and somehow magically catches up to him, which shows like how fast and strong he is. Breaks the pressurized seal throws the and i wrote in my notes like throwing a dude from a submarine up out of the water onto a ledge is like one of the most comic booky things i've seen in a long time yeah like th- this is it's so one of the most impressive things cap ever does yeah. in any movie 
next to like splitting wood with his bare hands right. and Ultron. Like I love that scene too. Or like <laughs> just splits it up. And Tony's just like Tony's got the axe and Steve's like, I don't need no axe. <laughs> yeah, rips it in half. Um so something interesting about that scene, the actor that plays the Hydra agent, they only shot it like in a in a in a three take time. That that's they only did three takes really? for that subject. Because that actor had a severe case of aquaphobia. That's a terrible job if you've ever got aquaphobia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they, they did it in three takes, and that was it. That's all they he would let them do. So they had to they had to do it and be done with it. But anyway, the Hydra agent takes a cyanide pill. made. A, it's like hidden as a tooth in his jawline, and he's all like, Hail Hydra, and dies. You know, after, after that point, uh, Tommy Lee Jones' character is, is pissed. He's like, how'd you get a Hydra agent in my you know, secret laboratory and all that stuff? And they're like, well... Now that the doc's dead, the super soldier serum project's done, and we're going to go to Europe, and you're going to go to a lab. Steve is like, please, please, no. And and this senator who's watched all this was like, hey, you want to help America, right? <laughs> you want to you wanna help your country, right? And, of course, Steve is like, yes, sir. that's all I want. Immediately, you 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 see him like in this you know, stretchy like flannel cap suit, you know, and he's like, I don't know if I could do this. And this guy's like, Yeah, you could do it, man. It's no problem. You just you, bonds bonds by bullets, bullets, you know, kill Nazis. It's no problem. <laughs> you you just see like capitalism at work. Yep. So they force Cap to like perform to sell war bonds, and every state he goes in makes a ten percent sale in war bonds. It's a jump in sales. So he's punching Hitler in every city uh, on the stage show. He's he's ki- kissing babies and taking pictures of people and signing stuff and holding up a bicycle with women on it while fireworks go up on behind like, him and it's very like vaudeville-y yes. like we're like sideshow let's let's it's, get in a train car the man with the plan <laughs> exactly. Captain America's the man with the plan he's in films and everything and uh, he eventually makes his way over to the European theater and of course the soldiers are all like bring out the girls and he's like come on guys we're all on the same team and they're like. Like, uh, you know, go get the girls. And he's like, I only think they only know the one number. And he's like, well, you do that, sweetheart. And they're like, nice boots, Tinkerbell. <laughs> now, weird one. Do you think that he had flashbacks to this when they made him do the high school PSAs? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. God, I forgot about those. <laughs> so your body's changing. <laughs> like... That was so funny. That was so funny. But anyway, so he he leaves. He's doodling himself as like a monkey on a tightrope with people laughing at him, which uh, in my collector's edition of the Phase 1 Blu-ray set, I have uh, Steve Rogers' file uh, and a bunch of reprinted uh, memorabilia, and so I have a reprinted sketch of that, oh, well, which I neat. thought was really neat. So Peggy Carter finds him, and she's like, you know, do you think this is how you should serve your country? And he's like, no. And she's like, well, I've got an idea. And he goes, okay. At that point, he realizes that the 107th, he's, he, he overhears that the 107th Battalion's been like destroyed slash captured, and he knows that's Bucky's division. And so he goes up to Tommy Lee Jones' character, and he's like, hey, please, you know, you got to tell me if, if Bucky Barnes is dead. And he's like, yeah, I remember that name. Sorry, son. And then he's like, I guess you better go back to that stage. According to that poster, you got another show in 30 minutes. And that's when, like, Cap has just had it. Yeah. And like, at no that, more dancing monkey. And at that point, Tommy Lee Jones also looks at Peggy Carter, and he's just like, if you got an opinion, now's the time to not share it and shut up. <laughs> and so, like, they both are just done. They're done with it. So they get Howard Stark to fly them over the, the lines where the 107th is, is, you know, being held up, jumps out of the plane, uh, and, and goes, like, well in front of, like, the, the jump point. There's 
supposed to jump him like right at the lab, but they're they're shooting the plane down, so he he has to you know make his way through there. Yeah. Meanwhile, there's like tension because he doesn't know if Stark and Peggy Carter are like having relations. He doesn't know what the fuck fondue is, and he's like, <laughs> "How about some fondue later?" You know, and uh, he's like, "So do you guys?" Uh, fondue often and all that stuff and because he's obvious he likes agent yeah, carter like, you know and he's awkward and he's very awkward so he gets thrown he, he jumps out of the plane uh there's a part where he jumps into the back of a, a truck you know and he thinks he'll he'll be getting a ride to the secret hydra base and there's two guys and he just goes uh gentlemen <laughs> just punches them you know or no he says fellas he's a fellas and punches them kind of weird thing i, I hate to derail i've no I've, go for it go I'm for it derailing you so much in this it's okay one. yeah it's fine but, go for it it's weird that Cap never stops being awkward. Like, he consistently is awkward. Because he's a good man on the inside. He I doesn't know, let the like, fact that he's, like, a god among men change the fact that he's, like, an awkward kid from, you know, Brooklyn. Like, up to the almost the very end, mm-hmm. he is just, just oh, yeah. I awkwardly mean, goofy. In freaking, uh, was it, Endgame, when, I, when Groot's like, I am Groot, and he just awkwardly is like, I am Steve Rogers. Yeah, like, he <laughs> like, ne- like he's, like, that's, that's amazing that they never, like, Chris Evans never, like, changes. Lost that. Yeah. Like, you know, like, everybody else kind of develops, but, like, he do- he uh, just stays I think he way. stays hardened when it comes to things that are serious. I think I think he gets a little bit more hardened as far as that goes. But when it when it comes to less serious things about the story, yeah, he's, he retains that awkwardness. Even in, uh, it was, a, Infinity War was the one he talked to Groot. It was an ending, Endgame was when he talked to Black Widow. Yeah, that's right. So even in Endgame, uh, when he's, you know, joking about doing laundry and all that stuff. And she's saying like, I'm going to shove this peanut butter sandwich down your throat and all, you know, all that he, he retains some of that awkward charm. And, yeah. and I, I haven't really thought about that. Actually. That's a good point. It's, it's, it's very like all shucks. Like, <laughs> and that's the, that's the best way I can describe Captain it. Captain all shucks. But like, it's not like all shucks always is a, for me, a country thing in my yeah. brain. Like that's the, well, all shucks lady. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not a nice fella. Like, you know, that's the, <laughs> but you know, he's the New York equivalent of all shucks. Right. <laughs> Eventually cat breaks into this Hydra, you know, station. He takes some of their tech, uh, that has a little bit of the, the Tesseract's energy built into it. They're making tanks and Gatlin guns and rifles. You know, these guns can obliterate a man in one shot and, and disappears. As we see earlier, Red Skull, you know, the, the, the Nazi army is coming to, you know, the base and they're like, you have not served Hitler well, Mr. Red Skull, and therefore we are going to cut your funding and report you to Hitler. And, you know, of course, he's all like, you know, uh, what was it? Hydra can't grow in the shadow of the Third Reich anymore or whatever. And so he just kills all those Nazi officers with the new tech that he's got. So Cap sees this and he, of course, he sees this as a threat and he takes some of it with him. But his main goal while he's at that Hydra base is to get, you know, the Howling Commandos and the 107th out of there. Yeah. So he gets there, he he breaks them out, and that's when we start seeing all the different Howling Commandos and all their little personalities. And while he's running around trying to figure out how to blow the place up and, and get out of there, because they're, they're taking a different escape route, like through the lower levels, and he's up there. He sees Dr. Zola, and Dr. Zola runs off, and then by chasing after Dr. Zola, he finds Bucky strapped to a table. And he's like, Bucky, Bucky hates me, bud. And pulls him off the table, and of course Bucky's like, he says, "I thought you were dead." And Bucky's like, "I thought you were shorter." <laughs> you know, and then he's like, "What? What happened? I joined the military." <laughs> and he's like, "Is it permanent?" And he's like, uh, "So far it is." And, you know, so they're running through, and this is when we get to see that confrontation between Red Skull and Cap for the first time. There's like a retracting bridge, and they meet in the middle, and Red Skull, of course, is all like, uh, uh, "You know, you can't defeat me, Captain. I'm the same as you." And you know, he punches a big old fist dent in his shield and everything. Yeah. 
uh, Dr. Zola eventually causes the bridge to retract. And after Cap has punched him in the face and causes makeup to shift, he just peels off that mask. And we get to see Red Skull in his glory, like for the first time. And again, really, really well done, well edited. Place blows up. Uh, Bucky and Cap get separated for a while. There's a lot of action going on. Dum uh, Dum does the Wahoo cry that the Howling Commandos do in all their comics. He's in a tank. Uh, they've managed to break out. Oh, so the he so Cap had a transponder that he was supposed to let Agent Carter and Stark know when he was ready to be picked up, and it broke. So he, you know, they considered him killed in action uh, for like a week, I think, or something like that, maybe two weeks. And then all of a sudden, you just see you know people moving in the base and. And Tommy Lee Jones' character has been pissed this whole time at Agent Carter, and he's pissed at the whole situation, and he's like, what the hell's going on? He's, he just pissed the entire movie. I like, mean, there, yeah. There's not really a, a good moment where, like, he is happy. I mean, if you have to answer to General Patton, you probably probably aren't, yeah. <laughs> like, so, get it to you one more fine. time. That's fine. Go I'm, ahead. Go I'm, ahead. Like, I'm yeah. all over the place. No, 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 no. You ever heard the story of Patton killing a horse? <laughs> no, Cody. <laughs> all right. So, like, I've... This is ingrained in my brain because I've heard it so many times from so many different like history people because they love to tell this story. But apparently, at some juncture during the war, like General Patton's marching a battalion through some part of Europe, and there's an old man with a horse and a cart on a bridge that he wants to go past, and he just yells at the old man, "Move your horse!" Like you know, he's just yeah. trying to get him to move the horse, and he gives him like the story I've heard is always like two or three chances. And then by the third time when the old man doesn't get the horse to move, Patton literally gets out of his Jeep, walks up to the horse, shoots it in the head, and then has three men dump it over the bridge and they keep moving. Jesus. <laughs> like. Man, Patton. And I've heard it from multiple people, so I assume it has to be true. Or some symbols like, of truth to it. That's insane. That's insane. Anyway. That's another That's weird, crazy. weird derail. Yeah. It, it's revealed Cap's not like a, a stage actor and an idiot. He's an actual war hero, and uh, he brings the remnants of the 107th back, and he looks at Tommy Lee Jones' character, and he's like, I submit myself for you know punishment. And, of course, he's like, I don't think that'll be necessary. So Cap is hailed as this big hero. He gets to go back to the States. Uh, a lot of celebration going on. They're drinking at bars and, and celebrating the fact that they're back. And uh, we, in between all this, they give Cap a medal at a ceremony. And so they're like, Captain America, come get your you know, a Medal of Valor. And they're like, Cap, that's you. And this guy comes out on stage, and he's whispering, obviously, because Cap's not going to show up. And we cut to Stan Lee in general regalia, and he's like, I thought he would be taller, because he's thinking the guy that came out to tell him that Cap wouldn't be there is Captain America. One thing that I didn't know, and I just learned recently, the guy sitting next to Stan Lee at that, uh, in that cameo, that is actually the actor Reb Brown, who played Captain America in both Captain America films in 1979. Oh, that's neat. So, I didn't know that yeah, so that was the guy. He, it was, uh, I think it was on NBC or CBS, one of the two. They, they aired these two one hour Captain America films, and uh, they were a whole story together uh, in 1979. And so he played Cap. Oh, and that, it's nice that they brought him back. Like they, like a lot of superhero people have a habit of doing that. Whenever, yeah, like the somebody, original Flash is in the Flash TV yeah, series. And, yeah, and uh, I feel like doesn't Christopher Reeve make a cameo in a like a later Superman movie at some point I before think, he died? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. But anyway, so we we go down to like underground New York, and it turns out that you know the military is trying to figure out where all these Hydra places are at. Uh, and then we have like a really awkward time. So. Cap is waiting for Agent Carter, 
and uh, this girl's like, you're a hero. The wives of America salute you, sir, and like pulls him off to the side and kisses him, right? And of course, Agent Carter finds him and gets very mad, and she's like, well, I guess you didn't have any problem finding a dancing partner, and he goes, that wasn't, uh, I just don't, you know, whatever. So they go to Stark, and Stark's like showing him all this tech and everything, and he's like, this is your new bulletproof suit, and like, we heard you like the shield, so I made a couple different ones, and and then Cap, of course, picks up the round uh, vibranium one. He's like, what yeah. about this? And they're like, oh, that can, that's, that's, uh, don't mess with that. And he's like, no, I like it, actually. And they're like, it absorbs, you know, any kind of vibration whatsoever. And so he looks at Agent Carter and he's like, hey, Peggy, what do you think about this? And she's like, hmm, pulls a handgun off the table. He's like, pow, 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 pow. <laughs> she's like, I guess it'll do. And like, he lays it down and walks off. Really funny scene. And of course, they're both looking at where agent carter was and like without skipping a beat he just pulls out a piece of paper and he's like i had some ideas about my suit also mr stark and he's like yeah sure whatever you want <laughs> puts that down <laughs> what was really interesting about the the shields in this movie was that uh anytime they had to have chris evans hit someone with the shield it was a rubber version yeah and then anytime it was they were going to use cgi chris would just mime throwing the shield yeah like, and then and they, they would edit the shield yeah, yeah in there so they had a bunch of different like versions of the prop shield, uh, and they had magnets on his back when he had to like clip yeah. it onto his back, which was really cool. Um, do you? All right, so we've got vibranium yes. in like our universe. Yes. How do you think that they will introduce adamantium? Like, do you, like do you I think we know. will have to get Wolverine before we introduce that? Probably. Or you think we will? Well, see, I feel like it makes more sense to introduce adamantium at a certain point. Like then oh, introduce Wolverine. No, I mean later. that makes sense. That makes sense. But like, fi- fi- like <laughs> what? make the Wakandans find adamantium next to some vibranium. Yeah, just be right. like, This is hard too. This is yeah, right. <laughs> just something stupid. We're gonna make a killing. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna be super duper rich. Yeah, right. Yeah, God, I remember when I found out that Black Panther was the richest character in comic like lore. Yeah, uh, it was insane. They, I think he was richer than Oliver Queen and Batman and Stark and all that stuff. And then of course they had Spider Man at the very bottom, scraping for dollars in the box. <laughs> like, I'm so poor. Yeah. Why do God. I'm friends with Tony Stark? Why can't I make my rent? There was a there was a comic. I can't remember what it was. It was like it was like 2009 2010 or something like that and iron man's like holding peter parker you know holding spider-man and he's like don't worry we got money and spider-man's like oh thank god <laughs> <laughs> anyway so they're they're gonna hit all these hydro plants they're gonna stop this weapon production and so we get this montage of cap doing all this very comic book stylized action and i appreciated this because one it gave us all those sweet action scenes that you want in a comic book film, right? Two, there wasn't a bunch of dialogue over it. There wasn't a bunch of exposition. It was just like Cap shows up here, takes down you know soldiers. Cap shows up here, blows up place. Cap shows up here, rides a motorcycle, that kind of thing. Yeah. And so we got those nice comic book panel splash page type action scenes with and it was all in this course of like two minutes three minutes right and we didn't have to spend a lot of time being like and then cap went to this place and blew it up and then cap struggled in the woods finding a soldier but then he swung his shield and knocked him out of a tree see like if they if they'd wanted to they could have almost shown this through like news clips like that like if they needed to cut some time out of the movie they definitely could have just like well, they did do part of that though, because yeah. remember after and they this, did like that's yeah. why I was thinking like they could have just done the whole thing. Yeah, because they did show they did show him, uh, they did show news clips of him re- doing rescues and stuff, and he's in the theater out of his uniform, and he's kind of smiling like you know. Another weird one. Yes. You think Cap's the Avenger who's killed the most people, except for maybe Black Widow? Cap kills a shit ton of he's people in this movie. So many people. He shoots up a lot of people and uh, and, and knocks out people, and throws people off trains and in pits and off planes and like, shit like. 
I would almost bet maybe he's killed more people than Black Widow. Like, cause, you maybe. know, that, that's literally her job. And yes. like, I guess Hawkeye to a certain degree too. But like, no, I would argue, I would argue Black Widow's killed <laughs> way more people than Hawkeye. Cap has like Cap like he murders a lot. He of people. murders they're a bad, they're, shit. Ton they're of people. bad people. Yeah, but yeah, they're like, Nazis, so I'm not. You know, I'm not too. He's killing a lot of people. Yeah, right. Um, but God, there's just a. Uh, <laughs> There's just so much. There's so much murder in this movie. <laughs> anyway, so we we eventually get to one scene that's like a train heist, and Cap and some of the commandos get on there. They're gonna kidnap Doctor Zola, and uh, it's at this point Bucky, like part of the train, blows open, and Bucky is like thrown out of the train. And he's hanging on for dear life. And w- one thing I forgot about this: Cap loses his shield at this point, and Bucky tries to pick it up, you know, defend Cap and himself with the shield, and the dude just blows him out of the train. Right? That little moment I thought was some really neat image because it shows Bucky is trying to be the protector again because Bucky was Steve's protector and then the role's completely 180'd by the time, you know, Steve rescues Bucky from that first uh, weapons factory. Yeah. And so I thought that was a really neat little bit of uh, imagery there. But he gets blown out of the train. He's he's holding onto this handrail. Steve tries to get him and, of course, Bucky falls to his death, supposedly. You know, Steve's really pissed about that. They they kidnap Dr. Zola. Dr. Zola tells... uh, Tommy Lee Jones's character, like, you know, you think Hydra is trying to just win the war? No, they're trying to win the world, essentially. And uh, I do like that little scene, though, where he's like, he's like, what, what is this? And he's like, it's a steak. And he's like, what is it made out of? And he's like, it's cow. <laughs> and he's like, you know how hard it is to get a cut like this in this country? <laughs> and uh, he's like, I don't eat meat. And he's like, why? It disagrees with me. <laughs> I, I like that little interaction between like, the two. And Tommy Lee Jones is like, fucking, I want to eat this yeah, thing, man. Just to make him even weirder. I get so hungry every time I see that plate, though, because it is like a good-looking steak, and it's got buttery potatoes and some broccoli and a glass of milk, and I'm like, damn, I want that right now. <laughs> like, yeah. every time I see that. Anyway, so they learn that Red Skull's you know, uh, basically going to screw up the world. Agent Carter has seen some footage of Cap out in the field, and he, he she sees that he keeps her photo in his compass uh, when navigating, so she starts to, like forgive him for kissing that or for being kissed rather by that girl yeah. there there's a lot of stuff that goes on bucky dies and eventually peggy carter addresses steve rogers like in a bar and steve's like they didn't tell me i couldn't get drunk you know and she's like yeah your metabolism burns alcohol four times faster than that of a normal human and he's like mourning steve Ro- or he's mourning bucky and Haley atwell gives such a really good performance in that scene when she's just like you know you, you have to do this you have to do this for all of us and for the world and for everyone and her facial features just like the way she conveys all those lines yeah. is just amazing i love Haley. it's atwell. a mark of a very very good actor absolutely absolutely so we get Get to the the final big bad Red Skull factory. Cap is like, I'm just gonna bust into this place. <laughs> I got some murdering to yeah, do. <laughs> I got some murdering to do. So he does that, and of course Red Skull captures him and takes his shield away. And she's and he's like, uh, he's like, arrogance is not a specifically American ideal, but uh, you seem to exemplify it very well. And then all of a sudden the Howling Commandos come crashing in through his office window. They start blowing shit up. Dum-Dum's there, and he's got a shotgun and everything. They throw Cap his shield, and he chases after Red Skull, right? So it's revealed that Red Skull has, like, this humongous plane, and he's got all these self-guided, like, missiles on on wings and everything that are going to blow up all these different, like, Chicago like, and Boston and New York. It's super complicated. I mean, yeah, essentially. Um, but it's not, I mean, it's not that complicated when you think about it. Like, it, it's akin to, like, the kamikaze pilots of World War II. Yeah. Except it's got the sci-fi, like, we can pilot these a great distance because we have a super propeller on it. Yeah, like, I, mean, I guess what I mean by super complicated is, like, they do a really good 
job of making all of the Hydra tech look like it is so much more advanced than everything fair. else. Absolutely like it's fair. more advanced than Stark tech. Like it looks like yeah. That's that's a point. That's actually a point Stark makes early, way early in the movie when he opens the submarine that the guy was hiding in. He's like, I'm the best. You know, he's, I'm being modest. I'm the best engineer in this country. And he's like, but I've never seen anything like this, and this is years above where we're at. Yeah. So I, I, I agree. They they do a good job at making Hydra look like they got their shit together. But anyway, so they chase after Red Skull. Uh, they eventually, you know, Cap tries to run after the plane and he can't catch it. And that's when Tommy Lee Jones' character and Agent Carter are in Red Skull's car, which has like, it, granted, it's a Nazi car, but that thing looks slick. <laughs> I like it. It looks really, really cool. I could do it without all the, the Nazi stuff and the Hydra pins and everything on it. It's like... Let me get one of those, but uh, can I get the not Nazi version? Yeah, can I get like the civilian version, the not a terrible Nazi shitbag version, please? <laughs> but uh, they, they, you know, they're like, they're like, get in here, and so they get in and they chase after it. And of course, uh, Tommy Lee Jones looks down and sees a red booster button. And he's like, boop, and then it goes super fast, chasing after the plane. And that's when Agent Carter's like, wait, kisses him, and then Tommy Lee Jones looks at Captain America and is like, I ain't kissing you. <laughs> So, uh, you know, he hops on the plane. They have a big fist fight with all the Hydra agents in there. What I thought was really cool, though, so this is really interesting. One of the either directors or producers was in, which which Indiana Jones is it where the dude gets, like, hit into the, 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 plane, wing, uh, the plane propeller? Is that, like, the first one? I don't remember. All those movies kind of, like, kind of blend into one. It's the one with the Ark of the Covenant. Oh, that's uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders of the Lost Ark. So uh, one of the producers or directors, one of the two, worked on that film. And so when Cap, during this scene, is like on top of a plane and he knocks a dude off and it, he flies backwards into a propeller, that was an homage to that. Wow. Um, because there's a bunch of different homages to it. Like later down the line, Red School says, while Hitler looks for trinkets in the desert, I have this. You oh, know, okay. that kind of thing. Those are all references That's to that right. film. Yeah. So anyway, so Cap uh, stops all the bombs from dropping all you know, those different cities and everything. And he manages to fly the, the miraculously fly the bomb around the humongous plane back into the back end of it, not blow it up somehow. And then find his way to the pilot's chamber where Red Skull's at. So him and Red Skull have this big discussion about, you know, he 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 he's like, you see the world as countries and places with flags, and it could be just one world together. And he goes, no, not in my future. And that's when they break the the thing housing the Tesseract, and the Red Skull's like, what have you done? And he picks up the Tesseract, and then this is another reference to Raiders. He melts yeah. essentially. Uh, after like seeing the universe and space and everything like that, he just disappears essentially. And I guess that's where he became the guardian for uh, the soul gem. Yeah, like see, I Vormir, I think is the planet. Vormir, yeah. Yeah, like I, I would like. I wish that we could see like a scene of what happens to him post like dissolving. Yeah, because you know, like I mean, theoretically, it, it just seemed like that, like. The magic of the Tesseract just like takes him and like transmute like transmutes his body to Vormir and makes him like the Soul Stone's prisoner or whatever something like that yeah like sovereign or whatever you want to call it. But we've seen other people pick up the Tesseract and it doesn't do anything to them. I think it's because he tried to use it. I think that's what he was trying to do. Maybe like, maybe I want. I, I mean, okay, let's think about it. Like, who's actually picked up the Tesseract though? And we've like, seen Loki pick it up. Right, but he's he can he can he's absorb magic. it. Yeah, he's magic. Uh, Ultron, I, I think maybe did Ultron pick it up? I think Ultron. I think Stark's had it in his hand at one point, hasn't he? Like bare, barehanded though. 
Maybe not barehanded. He's probably because uh, I think everyone that's picked it up has had something to like touch it with to to pick it up with like something in between their hand. All right, to pick it up. Maybe like that, that's one of those weird like we'd have to like watch yeah type thing. If one of our listeners knows, you can gladly correct us. Yeah, yeah we, please we'll, go ahead. We'll take the we'll take the correction. Um, but anyway, so he disappears. Cap realizes that the plane is stuck on autopilot to New York, and there's still bombs on it. And he talks to Peggy through the intercom, and he's like, "I'm not going to be able to make our date." And uh, she says, "Fine, next Saturday." And he goes, okay, you'll have to play something really slow because I can't dance. And she goes, it's fine. Just just be there. And he's like, okay, I don't want to step on your toe. And then cuts out. Yeah. And we see scenes of, you know, Agent Carter mourning. And even Tommy Lee Jones' character is, like, really sad about this, which I think paints a whole picture, like a whole cycle for this character. Starts out as, like, a terrible army jackass, doesn't believe in Cap, realizes Cap has potential, helps Cap, helps Cap get Agent Carter, <laughs> right? And then after that, mourns his, the loss of, like, a good soldier and yeah. an icon of America, um, which is why I think Tommy Lee Jones is, like, a hidden gem in this film. But, you know, we then see kids playing in the street with Captain America's shields that they've painted on she- uh, trash can lids and stuff. And earlier we've seen kids... Uh, buying the Captain America comic books and that kind of thing. So it, it's obvious like the idea still lives on. And I believe after that, that's when we get to Cap waking up, right? Yeah, like he wakes yeah. up. So he wakes up in a bed and uh, there's a game, a baseball game playing on the radio. And it, it looks like the 40s or the 50s in the, the bedroom. And yeah. this woman's like, oh, hey, Cap, how you doing? Everything's okay. Don't don't freak out now. And he's <laughs> like, where am I at? She's like, you're in a you're in a hospital room in New York. And he's like, where am I at really? And she's like, what? I don't understand. And he's like, that baseball game? I was there. And that's when she's like clicking the panic button and everything. Two guards come in. Cat busts through a fucking wall, <laughs> throws those guys through a fucking wall. Well, that's that's the funniest thing about that is like, you can tell that they, like, they know he's dangerous, but they don't know like how, they, they don't know how many men Cap's murdered. Yeah, right? <laughs> so Cap runs out of there, and of course they're like, you know, warning, escapee, or whatever, and he runs into the middle of Times Square, cops pull up, or shield rather, pulls up on him, and that's when we see Nick Fury step out, and he's like, easy, easy Cap. And he's like, you've been napping for like 70 years, and he's, I love how this movie ends, though, he just looks and he's just like, oh, I missed my date, and he cuts. <laughs> And that was good. That was a yeah. fantastic way to end that. That was a fantastic way to end that. So then we move on, and then, of course, we see the mid credit scene where, you know, he's telling him he's putting together a team, and Cap is like, have, has been busting yeah. that, you know, bag open with his bare fucking hands, and oh, then puts a new one on there. He's a savage. Yeah, right? Because he's a beast. And, uh, and then, of course, it says Cap will return and all that good stuff. So I remember that feeling, though. I remember, because I, I saw this with my friends Alex and Corey. I was so excited just seeing that on the screen and like seeing that the Avengers was yes, a real seeing thing. Seeing the word Avengers. Yeah. Seeing that it was actually going to happen. That, that made me so, so, so excited because for a while, like I've been hearing, hearing rumblings on the internet and things like that. But at that time we didn't have all the news reportings and all the, the reliable sources for especially comic book film. Twitter was new. Twitter was very new. You know, when people said, oh, we're getting that Avengers film, I just took it with a grain of salt. But then I saw it on that screen and I just flipped my shit. Like, I, I, I remember specifically I dropped my popcorn 
because I was so excited at the fact that we were getting that Avengers film. But that's Captain America, the first Avenger. And, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of really cool stuff. There's a lot of really neat trivia that goes with this film. You know, even though Stan Lee cameoed in this film, he never he was he's not credited with creating Captain America. But the very first comic that Stan Lee did was Captain America number three, I believe. Really? Uh, yep. Yeah, and that was the very first story that Stan wrote, because I think the writer, the other writer was too busy or he was gone or something like that. And so the guy was like, Stan, uh, you can write right and, he, and stan of course the young stan's like oh yeah absolutely and he's like cool right captain america and so he does there's you know there's a lot of cool stuff there's a lot of neat if you guys have a blu-ray of this or a dvd or anything with like the the extra like featurettes and everything watch how they make this film because there's a lot that goes into this the sets and the set designs and everything for all those scenes i know a lot there's a there's a lot of green screen usage and everything because of course it's a comic film right but the way they've built these sets and the way they've done the stunts and the training and everything it uh, it blows my mind the more and more i watch it and i kind of actually want to go back and watch this film with the commentary from the directors and everything because i've never done that before and uh I've, I've never watched a movie with commentary really you've never sat down and listened to an entire commentary track? no i have not so I might. That's gonna be a thing that you and I are gonna do then, because I I really enjoy doing that. I oh, I'm not saying I wouldn't. I just haven't, you know, because I don't watch movies multiple times. Yeah, so like I, you're not you're not in that same beast where I am, where I watch things like like a bunch. Yeah, I mean, again, because the the only reason I watch this is the only reason this is my 33rd watching of Cap is because I worked in a comic book store yeah. where it played 31 times. Like like I was telling you, I think this like this was one of the ones that I've seen like the least. Yeah. I think the only the only movies I've seen one time. I think actually. Actually, no, I c- it can't be one time because I've had to have watched it like going into like big Avengers films because I always marathon them. So I guess maybe I've seen this four times. Then? Okay, okay. Maybe something like that. But like it's it's a low number. Like I think the only other ones that were as low as this for me are Ultron because mm-hmm. I think I've I literally think I've only seen Ultron twice. Yeah. Guardians 2, I think I've only seen twice. Yeah. And then there's this one. Uh, who knows? But like, yeah, I digress. Like it, now, it was the low number. Yeah. So Cody, how do you feel about this film? Because the one of the last things I want to address before we get to our rankings and saying goodbye and cleaning house and everything, this film gets a lot of flack from people that, that I listen to occasionally. I, and I'm talking about people I have conversations with or people I've heard like talking in comic book stores and stuff like that. And a lot of people bomb on the first Avenger for some reason. They're always like, oh, Winter Soldier is so much better or first Avenger is like always low on my list or something like that. And I just don't understand why, because I really like this movie. It's a really good time. And I might have bias because you and Joe and now Cassie uh, know that I have a soft spot for World War II stories yeah, uh, and World War II, you know, fiction and the like. But I can I can put that aside and still really enjoy this film for what it is. It's it's a wonderful story, and every actor brings their A game to this. There's not like a bad performance in this, in my opinion. So, where do you stand? Do you think that this is a weaker Marvel Cinematic Universe entry, or do you think it's just okay? Like, I mean, like Cap always. This movie always ends up in the middle somewhere in my field like okay. it's always in the like mid-teens okay it's never been one of my favorites but like for me cap is the same thing that superman is which is like too good too strong too boring most of the time like there's not enough really like there's not enough grit in cat to, uh, cat cap <laughs> to keep me like super interested like man i gotta show you some cap stories but though. i well, like 
I, I'm sure like if I saw more Cap stories, yeah. I would be into it. But like just this iteration of mm-hmm. Cap, like he's always he's always just been too good. If that makes any sense, like you know the the characters I like from the MCU, like like Tony Stark and uh, Doctor Strange, uh, Star Lord, like. They're all like they're mostly all like just shitty dudes who just happened to get like some like some cool things or some magic right, or right. aliens or something neat happens to them, yeah. You know, but like the 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 ones I don't care about so much are all are you know like like Hulk and Thor and Cap where I'm just like you guys don't do anything interesting. You're just kind of like really? dudes. Really? I See, I, I disagree. I think Cap's entire progression and story is so interesting. A man out of time, you know, not being with Agent Carter for years and years right, and well, years. Like, yeah, and like, I'm seeing not her saying, with dementia. I'm not saying he doesn't have a cool and interesting story. I'm just saying, like, if I'm thinking of, like, from a character standpoint, like, like I always think about it this way in a weird way. I don't want to hang out with Cap. You don't want to hang out with Cap? No! I don't want to hang out with Cap at all. Like, I never want to hang out with Cap. Oh, my Lord. Like, you if you're giving hang me out an with option, Captain America. Okay, okay. Who would you hang out with? Like, I want to cruise through space, listen to, like, uh, electric Light Orchestra or something cool. Or Star I wa- Lord. Okay. Yeah. Or I want to be, like, in a supercar with Tony Stark, listen to ACDC. Or, like,. Oh man, I would think it'd just be bomb ass like, to work out with Cap and I, then grab a steak afterwards. Or I want to like transcend time and space with Doctor Strange. I don't want it. I don't want to go lift weights with Cap. Literally, and, the only like, thing I would I need mean, a fistful of vitamins. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh god, Cap, Cap wants me to better myself, and I and I don't want. The only person I would rather go like on on a trip with, with than Cap would be Spidey. If Spidey was like, "Let's oh, go yeah. whipping," I would be like, "Yeah, l- please let's." But if Cap was like, "Yo, Zach, you want to go lift weights and then eat steaks and talk about the good old days?" I'd be like, "Let's do it, man." Well, see, like Cap's also gonna emasculate me in some way. Like he, he emasculates everyone. Cap's too much of a man. You're literally it's Cap. Everyone else below him. So, like, I mean... Oh, no. Like, I think it's Thor, then Cap, and then everybody else below them. But, like, if we're talking about getting emasculated, but... I, maybe. I don't know. Um, You know, like, just from, a, like, a good standpoint, when I'm, like, thinking of Avengers I want to hang out with, yeah. I'm going to be realistic for no reason. Um, like Star Wars, a loser. I can get, I can get along with Star Wars because I too am a loser most fair. of the time. Where I'm just like, I might want to party with Thor though. Thor might want to like fight something and then go get drink, you know, get yeah. drunk, and or, I could get down with that. Or like I can be really arrogant with Tony Stark all day long. I just be like, <laughs> we're better than everybody else, right? And he's like, yeah, we are better than everybody oh my else. Lord. <laughs> like, oh my lord. You jackass. Anyway, <laughs> God. Alrighty, so we've got some we've got some work to do, Cody. So, uh, as our listeners may know, the current MCU lineup that we have listened to is the following. We've got Iron Man's 1 and 2. We have Hulk. We have Thor. We have Captain Marvel. We have Spider-Man Far From Home. We have Captain America the First Avenger. And I believe that's it. Am I mistaken? I don't think so. I think, yeah, I think all we've got is the... We've got the everything. First four. We got everything except Avengers from Phase One, and we have Captain Marvel: Far From Home. 
Yeah, because we didn't do one for Infinity War or Endgame. Because I think it's better if we wait till. Yeah, I we'll I know that like they're I, too big. I know that Endgame came out while we were doing this podcast, but I think you and I agreed both it was going to be weird for us to put that in the middle of this journey. Yeah, and Infinity War came out while we were doing this podcast. Too, That's right? true. That's I'm, true. I think it, I think it happened like after our second episode, or something so. like that. Yeah. So I I I th- so out of those options, uh, I'll go ahead and list mine, and that can give you some time to organize yours. I think I'm gonna do. Far From Home first, Captain Marvel, Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, Iron Man 2, Hulk. All right. So, like, this is weird. I just pulled up a a list of my, of all of my favorite movies, but this was right after Infinity War, so I've only got 19 movies on here. Okay. Guess what number Cap is on here? Because I was just curious. Yeah, I knew sure, I made sure. this list. So take a guess. Wait, when did you, when did you make this? This is right after Infinity War. Because okay, I, right that was Infinity when War. I wanted to like do like, it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Cap is number twelve. You're real close. He's fourteen. Oof. Like Cap one was fourteen on this Oof-da, list. Oofta, oofta. I just I don't know, man. I, as as for right now, you know, because our list is so short, the top five is like the coveted like best, yeah, right? Definitely. But I think once we get further along, I think top ten is going to be like these are the movies I consider to be the best entries because ten out of is it twenty two? It's twenty two. Twenty two. So ten out of twenty two, I think, says like these are the best picks. You know, the cream of the crop. Uh, but for right now, you know, if you're wondering, you know, the top five would be my favorites. Okay, so what what do you got out of of our current selection here? What's your list? All right, so as we're going down, because I'm gonna I'm just gonna start editing this okay. as I do it every okay. time, so I can keep up with it. So because I, I I feel like at, at some point I'll I'll fuck this up and I'll. I mean, it's okay to change things around. Like people people's opinions and ideas and thoughts change. You know, Iron Man kind of shifts up and down on my list because yeah. I I have I love Iron Man. I have a soft spot for it, but. You know, as I grow and read things and get excited about different things, Iron Man, you know, shifts around. Captain Marvel, you know, shifts around. So it's no big deal. All right. So as of this moment in time, I think what we're going to do, uh, I'm going to still put uh, Iron Man 1 as my top. Like, I still think it is better than all the other ones we've seen so far. I really do. All right. That's fair. Uh, Then after that, it's got to be Far From Home. Okay. Like... Just because Far From Home is rationally Far From Home should be the best one. If you want me to talk no, I mean, about I, it from... I think I think Iron Man could could make a good argument for being better than Far From Home. Maybe. And then and then after that it's probably Captain Marvel. Okay. Then I would put Cap. Like I think that I like I definitely like this Cap movie more than I like Thor or Hulk or Iron Man too. Okay. So yeah, so I think Cap's gotta be number four. Iron Man two is probably five. Okay. Then Thor, then Hulk. All right. Sounds good. So we are seven Marvel movies deep out yep. of 22. <laughs> we still got <laughs> we're so still, much. We're doing better than when we started, though. We've, we've got a consistent recording schedule now, so we're good to go here. Um, but, folks, I think that is going to do it for this episode. I had a, a, a heroic hypothetical ready to go, but Cody kind of accidentally jumped into that, talking about which hero he'd want to hang out with. Oh, so I, did, I beat you to it. You beat me to I it. Think so. we, haven't we done that one before? Hang out with? Um, Maybe we have. I don't. I feel like we haven't, though. Maybe I was... I, I don't remember. Actually, no, I think that was when we were doing, like, the podcast that will never air with Joe. Oh, like, right, right, I think right. that was one of the topics that you brought in one week. Yeah. I, oh, it was uh, which Marvel 
character would be your roommate. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right after Cody and I are done recording this episode, we're going to start our new episode series for Patreon subscribers and listeners. If you guys are interested in that, uh, you can go over to patreon.com slash platcast. That's the other show that I do right now. And uh, for as little as a dollar a month, you can have access to exclusive Patreon content for that show. And now for this show. And Cody and I are going to be talking about the... 1998 film Blade. Woohoo! <laughs> Get ready, because yeah, we weren't, <laughs> or I wasn't. I was I was quasi ready. I thought it was better than it was, but we'll get to that. If you guys want to email us with any suggested comments or topics or things like that, you can always do that at uh, panelpicturespodcast at gmail.com. You can always find us at panelpod, pic- picture, panel picture. What is our Twitter handle? <laughs> Why do you like you never remember? I can never remember. I'm sorry. It's it's a weird one for me. I think it's. I think it's pa- I think it's panel picture. Or panel picture. I think. I, man, there I might gotta... be panel pod. Like I'm, I don't have access. Podcast to our... panel. There we go. I Podcast don't panel. I don't have access to our Twitter. Podcast so panel. Know. You can literally go to our thing and look at it though. Well, I know that. But like, anyway, why would I look at our Twitter? All right. <laughs> I don't look at my Twitter. <laughs> Thanks, bud. You're welcome. <laughs> so if you want to get a hold of us on Twitter, you can get a hold of us over at Podcast Panel. And uh, if you want to get a hold of Cody on Twitter, he's the Orange Avenger minus the E in Avenger there. And he's the best Twitter boy. I'm I'm the Twitteriest. The Twitteriest. But until next time, guys, we'll see you all later. And until then, stay super. Bye-bye. And remember, Cap has murdered (laughs) so many people. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) Self-defense. (laughs) 